DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. The Utah Jazz are back at it tonight. Charlotte's in town. A completely winnable game. Charlotte with 13 wins on the year, 13-41. and 41. They have got one of the four worst records in the NBA. And they moved a couple of guys at the trade deadline, so they don't even know the guys who helped them win the measly 13 games. They have, however, <laughs> won three in a row. Measly. So it doesn't, you know, 13's a measly total. I agree. But they have won three in a row, so that doesn't make any sense either. Uh, so to help us make sense of all of that, Mike Smith joins us. You can see him on TV, Jazz Pre, Half and Post. Mike, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are we doing? Good. We're putting money in your pocket, Mike. <laughs> How's that? Uh, aren't you involved in some pizza places? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mountain Mike's Pizzas, yeah. PK and I made a, uh, made a run to St. George for a little winter golf. Just a quick two-day trip. 27 holes. Oh, and and you went to the Hurricane store. Exactly. And after after we drove down there after the show and we played nine and there was a jazz game that night, so we bought your pizza, we ate your pizza, and we watched you on TV. Mike, I don't know how much more support you can expect out of us. That That's amazing. No, yeah. that, that store is doing really well. And, oh, we, we, we love our pizza. We think it's done the right way and, you know, cooked with fresh dough every day and vegetables so hopefully you liked it yep all good now now that we've got the pizza business out of the way let's get to the utah jazz and the charlotte hornets and uh when i watch you on tv or when i hear you on the radio you usually come with some stats and where teams uh rank and what they're good at and what they're not and so i know that and it's not just the high profile, you know. Oh, the wars are coming. I'll look up some numbers. You do. I know you're following this stuff. So explain to us how Charlotte, a bad team, makes a couple of deadline trades, saying, "Forget it. We're about the future. We're tearing down what little bit we have here and rebuilding." And yet they had a three-game win streak before the All-Star break. That doesn't really make any sense on the surface. Can you make sense of it? Well, as a result of the moves, their bench got a lot deeper. So it's probably the best bench that. Coach Steve Clifford has ever had there in Charlotte, and this is his second go-around. He's a North Carolina guy. I think Michael Jordan liked him initially and liked him a second time, but now the ownership has changed, right? they got two new owners in there, and what they realized was we need to make not just a change. It's a culture change. They, they, they needed to move some pieces and get out of the status quo. So they moved Terry Rozier. They moved Gordon Hayward. They moved P.J. Washington. That's a series of three moves, not unlike what the Jazz have done. In other words, to a lesser degree, the Hornets, uh, I think the last two seasons were just on, like, the brink of being, you know, they were in a play-in game and then immediately removed. And so... This new ownership felt like, okay, not only do we need to not be there, we need to start over. And if that means new picks, if that means assets, if that means rebuilding, that's exactly what they're doing as a result of moving those three players. As I said, they got their bench got better. They got Seth Curry, Steph's little brother. They got Grant Williams, and they got some assets. And in addition to that, they created room or opportunity for some of their young studs to really shine. And the one who's really taken off in the last 10 games is this Brandon Miller. He's, you know, out of Alabama. He's the second pick in the draft. I think he's averaged like almost 24 a game the last 10. 
And amazingly, I looked at the numbers, just their last three games, which they won, the three having lost the previous 10 and having won only five road games all year. This is a team that was in a dismal way. Their points are up like 10 points a game. Their assists are up like four assists. Their three-point shooting is up. Their field goal percentage these last three games has been 55%. And they're scoring, whereas they were scoring 110 before and giving up 119, now they're scoring 119. And so they feel like they're in every game. And uh, I think the whole impetus of it all was we need to make a culture change. This is a, a fan base that has loved this team for years and that team's given them very little back. And so I feel like new ownerships are like, okay, we're going to rebuild around this Brandon Miller stud and hopefully LaMelo Ball get healthy and we'll go from there. But we need to do something for them. And anyway, that's, that's kind of the gist of what's going on there. It's not that far removed from what we're seeing here in Utah. With that in mind, what we're seeing here in Utah is the trade clearly had a the trades had a negative effect upon the team, and there was some uh, hangover effect. But then they had the nice game against the Warriors, even though they lost, and they've got some winnable games at least record wise as they come out of the break. Uh, how much or what level of importance do you think you is on these next few games in terms of winning to set the tone for the tw- for the final twenty six? Uh, PK is a good question. I, I, I think it's been very transparent and very clear what Ryan and Danny and Justin are aiming to do. And so if this has been, you know, talked about on your show, you know, too much, then stop me. But like, they, they just don't want to skip steps along the way to build this into a champion. And I think Justin made it very clear. We just don't want to be good for a year or two and contend for a minute. We want to be good for a while. And it's really hard to do. It takes luck. It takes, you know, a lot of skill. It takes great development. Then it takes some savvy, clever moves. So it takes a lot of those things. I look back to an OKC team who rebuilt this thing or is now contending for a second time. That's really hard to do. The greatest move that Sam Presti made is not only trading for Paul George, but then re-signing Paul George. Because the re-signing of Paul George, getting him to commit to Oklahoma City, allowed him to then move him later for Shea Gilgis and like five picks, right? So those picks are now starting to yield the fruits and benefits of an OKC team, which is arguably first, second, or third best in the West. That's what the Jazz are aiming to do. Golden State also did it, uh, 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 an eight-year run where they win four titles and get a couple other trips to the finals. That's amazing. But they did it mostly through the draft, right? got a little bit lucky with a second-round pick named Draymond Green and got a little bit, you know, Steph and Clay are like the seventh and the 11th picks, but created the best shooting backcourt in the history of the game. Okay, those weren't the first and second picks. So you can do it with mid to high first-round picks. So it takes all that. Now you still got to go do it, right? So I think what the Jazz are doing, they're identifying what we have, Who are keepers? Who are we building around? Who are the foundational pieces of this franchise as we build this thing slowly and surely and without missing steps until we contend? And so the aim right now is to play Taylor Hendricks and to play Keontae George and to see the progress of a Walker Kessler while we already recognize the greatness of a Lowry market. And we got to find out what we have, what our next steps are. 
all that being said, that's why the trades were made, right? If we can accumulate a couple of assets, create opportunities for these guys to grow and play, that's what we're going to do. But given all that, PK, you're spot on, right? They've lost four in a row. They've, you know, have a great home record at 17 and 10, but have lost the last three. It's time to, it's time to really come out and play. And I think the defense really took a hit when the, those trades were made. So those last games before the deadline, you know, there were different lineups and different trust factors with guys on the court. Montecchio, although a streaky shooter and hit and miss offensively, was a really good defender, lengthy and, and, and bothered people. And so you move a couple pieces, and there's always going to be a little bit of a downfall. So hopefully a break, some practice, some renewed energy, they come back, get after Charlotte and San Antonio before they hit those three on the road. What should Markinen be adding at this point in his career? Is he a finished product? Is there something more you want to see out of him? What can we expect over the final third of the season? You know, the, a lot of people felt like he was snubbed all-star game, right? Like he was – like he had a, a – his numbers are fantastic. So very much like the numbers he had a year ago. So last year 25 a game, this year 23 and a half. The rebounds are the same. The assists are the same. The shooting percentages are scarily identical, like, you know, almost 50% from two and 40% from three and 88%. Like, he's super efficient player. The one thing I looked at when I look at all the guys who did get an all-star pick and, and he didn't from the coaches, they all averaged four assists or more, like 3.8 or higher. And Lowry's never been like a gifted passer. Now, that's not a knock on him. It's not a bad thing. It's just kind of his DNA. I, I feel like you're either a, a, a passer who sees those angles or you aren't. You can get better within the realm, but it's, it's rare. Like a guy six years into his career has never averaged two assists. All of a sudden, hey, go be a four or five assist guy. That won't happen. So, like, if you were nitpicking, you'd say, okay, Lowry needs to do that. But I just don't think that's part of him and it doesn't even matter to me if I'm running this team I wouldn't you know given be given Lowry instructions to become a great passer um, I think he's great I, I, I don't know what he needs to work on maybe maybe a little more of a post-up game and the Jazz are starting to implement that a little bit like you'll see him run this little mid- middle screen and roll where with a point guard Lowry will come sit this pick and oftentimes he slips it and jumps to the three and he's developed a beautiful chemistry with Keontae to just catch and shoot. And he's like number one or number two in the league in catch and shoot points per game. That's how quick he gets rid of it and how uh, much of a threat he is. But oftentimes he'll set the pick and then he'll just curl or roll. And he doesn't roll to the rim. He just rolls to the foul line. Now he's got the guard on him. They throw the ball to him. That right there, I think, can become his bread and butter. Like he's seven foot tall. Right now, I view him as like the most unique small forward seven-footer we've ever had. Like, he's way different than Dirk, right? Lowry's about to hit 200 threes again for the second year in a row. Dirk never made more than 151 in one season. So when we make those comparables, everyone's like, wait, wait, you know, Dirk was a seven-footer who shot. Yeah, uh, Dirk was a power forward who could step out and shoot the occasional three. 151 is the most he made this season. Lowry made 200 last year on pace for another 200. But I would love to see him just, like, become this guy where you could, you know, get a mismatch, switch in the post, and he's got an array of post moves that all of a sudden you're like, wow, this guy is unguardable. 
So for what it's worth, that's that's kind of what comes to mind. You talk about foundation pieces and how this uh, last portion of the next two months is a form of discovery, and I buy all that. With that in mind, what type of piece do they have in Sexton? He's unique, right? He's he's different. Okay, so he's a guy who's never averaged four assists in a game, right? His first three years in the league, he comes to the Jazz. You look at his numbers. He's a 20-point-a-game career-scoring average guy. I think there's only 64 guys in league history that have 20 points a game or higher. Now, last year he averaged 14-3. This year he's up to 17-8, right? So it's dropped a tick below 20. So he is a score first um, and a physical guard. There's a place for Colin. There's a place for Colin going forward on this team. He he plays with incredible intensity and energy. It's oftentimes game-changing energy. So you could be down and he could force an eight second call or he could, you know, get you four buckets in a row. And he, he, his energy is infectious. So I love that about him. Now, given the assisting that I just went through with Lowry, here's a guy who has not been a natural passing point guard, like uh, anybody, a Rubio, Keontae's a little bit built that way. I'm just trying to think of jazz history, Stockton, of course, the, the best of the best. But he's taken his assists from three. Now you look at his starts, which are like 29, I think, or 30. It's, it's like five. It's over five. So this is a guy who is capable of learning and adapting and adjusting. And when given the charge or being held accountable by a, a young, fiery coach, can, can alter habits. I like that. So I, I don't think we've seen the best of him. Like, you look at his starts, it's either 29 or 30. And if it's 30, I think we're 19 and 11. Something like that in his starts. But his numbers are 21 a game and five assists, and the shooting percentages are almost 50, 40, and 85. Like, that's – you'd take those numbers from any starting guard. So, I like him. Um. His contract is, is not exorbitant. It's not huge. And I think it's this year and I don't know if it's two more or this year and the next year, but not even not even suggesting that you move him. He, he could be one of your foundational pieces given his age and given his ability to adapt, learn, and grow. So what you're saying on marketing's passing is he's no Ali Khalifa? <laughs> yeah, that guy was pretty good on Saturday. Tuesday uh, or Tuesday night, sorry, against <laughs> Baylor, right? Made three threes in a row, and he just, uh, yeah, I give him a lot of credit. And what I really like is Mark Pope's system, the the intricacy of these cuts and these moves. Had Baylor so so perplexed in the second half, they're getting layups in the half court because all this movement and backdoors and circular cuts. I I took I coached these little sixth graders, and then I coached ninth graders, so I got three teams, and I've taken two of the plays. Like this, like cut off a clip off of YouTube and said, "Okay, I'm going to give that to my guys." And anyway, it's 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 some really cool stuff, and BYU's been surprising, at least in the Big Twelve, right? Like, I don't know that we thought that. I thought maybe nine and nine would be their best. They got a chance to do better than that. 
Given the last couple of years in the WCC, there was really no way to predict they would do this in the Mountain West. But, or excuse me, in the uh, Big 12. I'm going backwards. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason to think they'd do it in the Big 12, and yet here they are. And uh, there have been a lot of good tests, and they've passed a bunch of them. So, well, you know Mike, what's great is they, wanna... they don't have they don't have like an amazing player. Like that that maybe is the greatest part of this this story this year. I know twelve and one before they get to the season, and but you look at them and you say, there's not one guy who's great, right? They're all good, and they all defend, they all pass, they all shoot. It's really a the beauty of teamwork. Well, Mike, we will continue to eat your pizza. I watch you on TV. I don't think you're eating your pizza. You're staying skinny. What are you doing? You're clearly passing on the pizza I was throwing down. There's a reason I'm not a skinny guy, and it's all that pizza. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, 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 drink, uh, I drink a product called Cardio Miracle, which improves every bodily function. I think that's one thing. I, I, I drink that at night instead of, like, munching on ice cream and then – and what really helps me, because I'm almost 60, that's no fun, but I'm almost 60, and I still want to compete at golf at a high level. And But I go see a guy named Craig Bueller. He's the guy that kept Stockton and Hornacek and Malone healthy all those years. And his Bueller Athletic is all about muscle activation. So all of us in our age range, DJ, I know PK loves to golf. I love to golf and stay active and play pickleball. If you're not seeing somebody regularly who can just fine tune whatever muscles aren't firing that particular week, you could get a little off and a little off becomes way off in a month. And then like in two months, the body is so smart. You got other muscles compensating to do the jobs they're not supposed to do. And then you get a little, I don't know, you just get a little ski wampus. And so I go see him. He keeps me, he keeps me going great. That's about it. That's all I do. I don't. I don't have any bad habits. So there. Ski Wampus is that S K I W or is that S K E E W? I was. I got to look that up during the break. That gave me something to do. All right. Thank you. No thank you, Mike. We appreciate it. Okay, boys. Have a great one. Mike Smith, Utah Jazz analyst. You will see him on TV for Jazz games before halftime and then after in the post game show. Thought you might want to talk to him about. Bruce. it? Oh yeah, forgot. That. Fetch, why didn't well, you tell me? He's going to be on again. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Mike comes on semi-regularly. Yeah. I was just caught up in the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only so many jokes. You know, timing is everything. Right, right, right. And, and the and the Ali Khalifa, because I did think you were going to say freeze it, but I thought, no, it's better to go with that because that was more topical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That won't be funny right. in a month. Right, exactly. So, DJ and PK, it is 97.5 The Zone. Freeze it when we come back. Everything you missed in this show, three and a half hours worth of football and basketball. And that is ne- because if you missed it, this guy, I mean, it sounds good, but it isn't going to last. There's no way it isn't going to work. He's up against too much, but uh, man, he's saying all the right things anyway. That's next. Stay with us. Accessing. 